Welcome to Ragbag's Bonus Bag. My name's Frank Burson. We have an absolutely extraordinary guest for you this time. He's original, he's interesting, and he's got a really distinctive sound. He's one of those artists who everyone should know about, so it's a real pleasure to have him on the show. A warm welcome indeed to Jay Hatcher Dezola. news i uh my new single came out well it's really it's a cover it's really not my song it's a billy eilish song i figure and I, n- I never knew what a billy eilish was until recently somebody came up to me and said hey jay you know you should really check this young lady out she's you know huge and uh she's got a song that sounds like you could do really well and i went ahead and did it uh, it was a lot of fun it's uh very uh very a uh, friend gotcha.
took a, a, a little bit of a different direction with it in terms of production it feels like it could be a jay hotchis song because it's got you know kind of this dark element to it they i think they refer to it as freak pop which i kind of like but i i feel like maybe my version took it a little bit further in terms of uh all around creepiness hopefully and we we used actual instruments uh you know acoustic instruments i mean no programming or anything but it's interesting uh broke out things like banjos and um traditional balkan folk instruments one of my buddies plays uh an inflatable goat rather well and uh yeah we just made it kind of we kind of took a weird song and made it weirder and uh and uh people seem to be liking it so far thank goodness which is always a thing. I mean, uh, every artist wants people to like them. Uh, although ultimately you do do art for yourself, quote unquote art. But, you know, um, it's nice to get recognized and it's nice for people to kind of dig it or identify or relate with it, which is ultimately what this whole uh, art thing is. Yeah. Do you do a lot of cover versions or is this a new thing, new departure? You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. So uh, my uh, publicist, uh, well, uh, advisor person, um, he, he is really into, he, he really loves uh, these like female pop singers. He loves uh, the Ariana Grandes, the Taylor Swifts, the, uh, and although, you know, their music, uh, isn't really my cup of tea it isn't really my thing what i thought would you know i always like a challenge i like to you know uh, uh, force myself to do something different and uh, i think when you try to cover something that is so 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 different from what you usually do and try to bring your own kind of um try to make it your own you know it, it's challenging and, and and i think it's kind of rewarding when you know, somebody hears your version and doesn't rec realize right away that it's an actual cover. And then when that chorus hits, the, they all of a sudden say, well, holy shit, this is an Ariana Grande song? Wow, you know, so it's kind of kind of fun and uh, a challenging thing to do. So like uh, I recently recorded and uh, produced a whole, uh, well, it's, it's an EP, it's only three songs. Um, uh, of basically female pop artists, you know, although although I'm not really into their music, just trying to sing a pop song or even, I mean, I, I don't try to sing like them, but, you know, to realize or just to try to get in their shoes and try to do something uh, that is related to them, uh, it's very challenging, you know, because, uh, you know, like someone like Ariana Grande, uh, 
that girl can sing her ass off, you know, and uh, it's just the, uh, you know, they could, their vocal acrobatics, you know, it's pretty amazing. Um, and it's, it's kind of uh, a real challenge to try to try to do in a tasteful manner, you know, because I, I think, I think pop music, sure. pop music is uh, deceptively challenging to, to do and, and, and try to pull off in a, uh, in a believable way, you know? So yeah, I like pop tunes. I like, uh, I like doing cover songs and stuff because I, I like to make them my own, you know? I wonder what it would sound like if Ariana Grande did a cover of one of your songs. <laughs> I would, you, like, oh, you like that? I would love that, man. I, I'd fall over and drop dead. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's a funny thing is, is I don't really consider myself a singer at all. I didn't start off as a singer. I consider myself more of a, a crooner maybe or a barker or, or you know uh, or a howler i don't you know i never really had a proper singing lessons and uh or, or and uh it's sometimes when uh you know when i go to bring this stuff live it's really quite challenging because i have to remember to you know do funny things like breathing and warm-ups and you know exercise the 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 vocal cords and uh, otherwise you could you could actually really hurt yourself you know so yeah you know it's 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 very very challenging um you know um, after being in so many other bands and stuff growing up i i I, prim I primarily am a guitarist but after being in so many bands and trying to depend on other people to kind of just do it for me and uh you know to to sing the songs and to show up to practice and all this other stuff it's just uh, musicians are just uh really remarkably unreliable so i've just decided to do it all myself and and here we are yeah cool and um i mean on that subject i mean you do have a very distinctive kind of vocal style and uh even if it's not a conventional singing voice yeah i really appreciate that man yeah i mean ultimately that's that that is the goal you know and it took me for a while to really get comfortable with my voice and get comfortable hearing my own stuff back because at first I'm like, ah, Jesus, this is, this is terrible, you know? And, uh, you know, you got to really kind of, uh, I think it's really more important uh, to find your own voice as opposed to trying to be the best at any particular one thing, you know, like I'm not worried about being a great singer because uh, I know I'm not a great singer. I'm more concerned with just being me and being uh, as, as genuine uh, as possible. I try to be conventional, you know, I try to, cause I've, you know, again, like being in bands and stuff and I, I've had singers, I've, I've played alongside singers and stuff. And I would, I would, I started out trying to emulate them and I realized, wow, this is total shit. I cannot do what they do. Let me try to just do it my way. And, you know, slowly but surely, you know, I, I found my own voice and my own style of, uh, of singing, I guess, if, if you really want to call it that.
just wanna get high. With the energy, down with the energy, down with the energy. It ain't love no way. Down with the energy, down with the energy. Oh yes, gonna get you high. You know, uh, a a buddy of mine called it urban junkyard because it's urban in the sense that there's there's a lot of things in there and cities tend to be associated with things like diversity you know um which is a lovely thing i think cities i think diversity is a lovely thing um you know if everything was the same all the time well then that'd be pretty boring now wouldn't it yes um, yeah, you know, and uh, I, I feel like because there's, you know, just a little bit of everything in the music, it's kind of like a, kind of like a ramshackle or a, a composite of various other things. Like, you know, uh, again, like when, you know, I, growing up and playing, you know, I've been playing music my whole life or trying to play music my whole life and playing in bands and stuff. And a thing that was never really of interest of me, uh, for me, was, you know, uh, I mean, some people do it, and that's great. If that's what they want to do, awesome. But I wanted to do something different. You know, um, people will run out and say, okay, I'm going to be in a rock band, or I'm going to be in a, a reggae band, or uh, a punk band, you know. And, and while I love all those musical forms, I never really had the interest in, in doing, you know, something like that. Because ultimately, I feel like it's, all right, this might sound a little bit elitist, but I think it's a, a little artistically lazy, you know? Like, I think, I think pe the audience is, knows what to expect. Uh, you, you know, uh, you kind of know what, or have an expectation of what a certain thing is in terms of its sound and how the songs should come together. And I never really wanted any part of that. Um, I, what, what I wanted to do was to take elements of all of those kinds of things, uh, being a student, a lifelong student of music, um, I, you know, I, I, I like everything. And um, so what I wanted to do was to get elements of all these different things and, you know, very, very familiar things, very familiar elements and kind of process them and come back with songs uh, albums or sounds of using these very familiar elements that hopefully when you know mixed together uh, and and once it gets put through the process sounds like something kind of new or 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 unique you know it's funny because like uh, sometimes you know i'll get up in front of an audience and uh, you know at a particular kind of club or whatever you know and um, it's a little daunting because they don't know what they're going to get, you know, and I often don't know what I'm going to get back in response um, because, because again, you know, it, it's, it's kind of hard to nail down what exactly this thing that I'm doing is. So for the lack of a better, better term, uh, we've been just calling it urban junkyard, which is, you know, again, a composite of all of these dissimilar things um and hopefully it coming across as feeling new or unique yeah so it's, it's so that is a, a term that 
you came up with or your friend came up with to specifically describe your music? So it's kind of a, a, a kind of a unique tag that you've got against your music. Is that right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, and again, like a junkyard, you know, uh, you, 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 you could find just about everything and anything in a junkyard. It may not always be useful. It may not be something you want to take home with you. But if you want to look for it, it'll likely be there in a junkyard. So again, it's just this mishmash of all kinds of things. Um, you know, again, ranging from like jazz to country music to Latin music to pop. Um, yeah, what have you. What's your process for putting a song together? Right. So um, one of my favorite quotes from one of my favorite artists, I mean, not that I'm anywhere near as great as he was or anything. I'm nowhere near as great as he was. But, you know, Picasso, Picasso said that good artists borrow, but great artists steal. And that really, that really impressed my mind quite a bit. And, um, you know, you kind of see, it doesn't matter what kind of uh, um, what kind of, of of medium it is, whether it's painting or movies or music. You always see this this sense of you know something kind of uh, a leaning on the past. Um, you know, like Star Wars, right? Like George Lucas ripped off Akira Kurosawa. You know, um, things like that. Um, so, so in terms of process, I, I, I'm, you know, I, I think of another guy like Igmar Bergman, who said uh, famously that uh, if he sees something he likes, he steals it and he makes it his own, you know, and that is a huge part of my process. Uh, I very unabashedly, unapologetically steal from wherever, whenever, um, and I try to make, you know, I try to bastardize it and make it my own. So generally the way it works is uh, I'll have this music idea or, you know, you know, a music, uh, musical idea. Well, the music always comes first. And generally in the studio, uh, it, I, I kind of refer to the, the recording process as kind of, uh, of a reductive synthesis. So I'll, 
I'll generally, uh, you know, have some uh, a, a structure of the bare bones skeleton of a song. I'll go in and I'll record it, and then I'll, you know, I have I have all these uh, all these great musicians from New York City and Brooklyn that um, all hired guns, session players that uh, I invite to come and play uh, on my records, and I basically always tell them pretend the song is yours just go i never tell anybody what to play you know um because quite frankly i don't know what to you know i don't always know what the song needs until the song tells me but you know they'll generally throw everything they got at it and we'll take several takes and then you know i'll just invite just wrote you know this rotating uh group of different kinds of players and i'll and then after we settle on some you know have everything tracked down i'll i'll go back to that track and you know slowly peel back the various layers until i feel like okay this is you know i i might go in with kind of like this folky sounding kind of guitar structure or song structure and then after everybody's jumped all over it all of a sudden it has a very different sound and vibe to it um you know it's, i i feel very fortunate because i've you know, I've been able to uh, reach out to all kinds of musicians, um, you know, like Ralph Carney, uh, who who was uh, Tom Waits' right-hand sax player for many, many years. He played on, like, R uh, Rain Dogs, which is one of my favorite albums of all time. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's also the uncle of uh, the Black Keys drummer, uh, Patrick Carney. Um, sadly, Ralph passed away, uh, going on two years now. Let me tell you about an African crack. This is an ode to Ralph Carter. Played a banjo. You didn't know that. In the age of Kennedy, Frisbees, and Super Bowl. Uh, also, I also had uh, David Coulter, who's, um, you know, this renowned musical saw player. And uh, he was with, uh, he's played with all kinds of people like David Alborn, um, Beck. Uh, uh, he was a member of the Pogues for a while. Um, oh, wow, cool. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, I've been very lucky to have these, you know, these premier musicians come in and just uh you know throw whatever they got at you know my very humble little uh song or compositions and uh, so that that always that always happens first um and then you know I, and again too like another thing about this whole process is i i never i you know i was i'm always amazed by people who sit down and say you know what i'm going to write a love song or you know what, I'm gonna write a protest song. Like I, I could never do that. I just, 
I just, I don't, you know, I just, it's not that I don't want to, I just, I, I don't think I have the ability to do it in a way that will eventually be pleasing to me because I'm just going to think it's pure shit. I'm, I'm my worst critic always. Um, but I prefer to basically, uh, it's kind of like a, a cut up technique, which I kind of uh, borrowed from uh, William S. Burroughs. You know, like the actually the term heavy metal, you know, for like heavy metal music, uh, it was actually coined uh, by uh, William S. Burroughs using this method. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, so like what I'll do is, and, and again, it, it's this whole borrowing or stealing thing again. I, I'll literally take uh, a scissors to, and this, this is really quite sinful, uh, you know, I would imagine there's people who are really into collecting books, but uh, they're only paperbacks that I do this to. Uh, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll basically, you know, uh, if, if I read a line out of a book of poetry that I, I think really impresses my mind or makes me feel or, or think a certain way, um, I'll literally, I'll cut it out literally line by line. And I have this box. Uh, I have several boxes of, you know, cardboard boxes with nothing but slivers of excised lines out of various poetry books. And, um, and it's all completely randomized. And then I'll sit down and listen to, let's say, a track that, you know, we've recorded and went through already. And depending on the, how the song might fit in within a certain measure of, of time, I'll basically use these slivers as a springboard to kind of build the song around them and hopefully fit them within of the song somehow. So a lot of times the songs, they're just kind of, they, 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 I think the most important thing is feeling, you know, people ask me, well, what this, what is this song about? And I don't really know what, a, uh, I don't initially know what a song is about until it's actually written. And then when I step back from it and look at it, you know, my mind might go a certain where, certain place where I'll be like, you know what? I think this song is about, I don't know, loneliness, or maybe, you know, this other song is about, you know, uh, uh, unrequited love or, or something like that you know um, so I, I think that you know when somebody listens to them hopefully that when they hear the words if, if they can make out what I'm saying they come away with something everyone can come away with something different upon hearing it you know and I, I never like to give away what a song is about either I mean I, I have but you know, I, I, I never like to just, I never, I never like to tell anybody, oh, well, this song's about this or that song's about that. You know, it's like whatever you hear in there and whatever you think the song is about to you, well, then that's what the song's about, you know.
Yeah, you know, what I, I really love about it is that it's an entropically driven process. You know what I mean? It, it, you know, like I, I know growing up and stuff, I, I, I would, you know, read the lyrics or listen to the lyrics of a song. And, you know, sometimes I would ask myself, how the hell did this person come up with this thought and decided, you know, and put it in this song? So I, I find that using the cut up method and this, you know, this, this cutting out of uh, really choice and uh, flavorful phrases and then randomizing, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of these things in a box and then just kind of randomly picking one out. And, uh, you know, I'll literally go through a whole pile of them. There'll be a, a pile of in and out slivers of paper um, that I'll have as, as I'm writing a song, you know, and, and, and look at each, each, each phrase it's really just a great way of injecting uh, some kind of, of, of randomness and mystery into your writing. I find it a great way to kind of get over writer's block, you know, because I know uh, one of the most dreaded things that a, a writer could ever have facing them is a blank page, you know? It's like, where do you start? And so that's why I love this cut up method, you know, and, uh, you know, I'll, sometimes I'll sit around with a bottle of wine and I'll just sit there for hours with a pair of scissors and, uh, you know, uh, some really cheap throwaway poetry books and uh, I'll just have at it and randomly cut phrases out of that thing and then reassemble them later. Sounds funny to say, but I can't, I can't say I ever have a uh, writer's block, you know, and, it allows me to continue being fairly prolific in terms of, you know, um, writing stuff. I mean, it may not all be good, but I'm writing and that's all that matters, you know. And while I'm doing it, I'm standing on the shoulders of giants. You know, any, anyone from, you know, uh, Charles Baudelaire, Arthur Rimbaud, William S. Burroughs, Tennyson, all kinds of folks. Edgar Allan Poe. I really love. I, I really love stealing uh, from H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, that's another guy. That oh, I do you? Right, cool. Oh yeah, man. I mean, he really has. I mean, he's such a great writer. And each one of his lines, it's like, it's like a piece of candy, you know, just in the way it it flows. And he he uses words that are really quite out of fashion, which I really love incorporating into my songs. So, so it's it's really cool. I I I I like the method very much, and um, I don't I haven't really seen too many other songwriters. I mean, at, at least at least that I know of, uh, really kind of falling back on that. And it's it's something I fall back on, you know, every time when I go to write some uh, write write the lyrical content of a song. Yeah, I, I suppose it's a bit like sampling in a way. Would you say oh, that? Is that totally. a absolutely there's a great little documentary that's out it came out a few years ago you've got to check it out i think you really like it it's called everything is a remix ah right yeah and they actually bring up the cut-up method and they referred to the cut-up method as like one of the most uh it's it's probably the first the first example of sampling ever you know 
where they take somebody else's a fragment of somebody else's work and incorporate it somewhere else to make something else new you know and that's kind of like the driving force behind uh, or behind my process you know it's just uh i'm just taken from everywhere and i'm just you know making a frankenstein out of the thing and hopefully uh you know it, i breathe it, i breathe life into it and it goes off and has a a little life of its own I find this cut-up method to be really helpful and uh, it allows me to really quickly come up with phrases or lyrics because I use it kind of like as a springboard to, you know, kind of build the song around. And there's never really a, a deliberate thrust as to, you know, what a song is about. And, you know, some, some people have criticized me and said, well, you know, Jason, uh, they feel maybe that my songs kind of lack a bit of an authenticity lyrically that, you know, which, and, and that kind of prevents people from uh, connecting with the song a little bit. And I could see that maybe, but uh, I, I don't know, I guess as a songwriter, as I keep uh, writing and recording and producing records, you know, I hope that eventually maybe my songs will feel a little bit more deliberate um, and hopefully people can connect to them, you know, easier. I mean, it's definitely an acquired taste, you know, I, I, the stuff I do is definitely, it's not for everybody, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there are, there are people who like it and people who respond well to it. So that, that's, it's, it's for those people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's who I do it for, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. Uh, yeah, you, you you could say the same about everything. I, you know, you could, you could say the same about people who are really popular. Yeah, you know, that's, 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 that's not true. for everybody either. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but I, you know, sometimes it's it's kind of easy to get frustrated and down on yourself when, you know, when you don't get the response. You know. Uh, so yeah, you know, uh, sometimes you look at these really big, big, big popular styles that people seem to like, and you know, and 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 sometimes you know, some sometimes in my mind, and I'll be honest, I think that they're pure shit, and why are why do people listen to this stuff? But you know, I I, I back off, and and you know, with some self awareness, I realize, well, you know, this this is what happens uh, when you go into uh, things that are into realms that are a little more subjective <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
primarily exist online. I mean, I play shows and stuff, but I'm a, I am a one man show. I am a one, I I am it. You know, I I don't have a band. Whenever I go to play a show, everybody who's behind me or surrounding me, uh, they're all hired guns. You know, I mean, and again, some people will say, well, then Jay, why don't you just do you know the acoustic uh, Jay Hachidazola thing? You know, where you get up there with an acoustic guitar and just have at it you know and i can totally do that but i what i feel like what people are hearing and what people are re- kind of responding to are is the music on the record you know which is this you know this big band thing and it's you know it's got all this production and stuff maybe i'll scale it back for you know some upcoming record but like right now i feel like if people come to a jay hotch show they want to hear what they heard on the record so that involves band you know and musicians and stuff um so it tends to be a little expensive because again like i'm i'm the only guy and uh these damn musicians nowadays the nerve of them they want to get paid for playing (laughs) jesus i mean who do they think they are (laughs) the nerve (laughs) yeah Um, yeah it's outrageous outrageous yeah isn't it though I mean, got wives and kids to feed. I mean, Jesus, I thought you did this for the love of art, for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so, yeah, so that way has been a little bit difficult, you know, getting out there. I mean, you know, like, what, what, you know, I, I just hate chasing after venues and, you know, trying to get people's attention to the music that way. So I feel like the, the main thrust, I mean, with the power of the internet, you know, you can be in multiple places all at once. But, you know, again, there's there's also challenges there. It's uh, because, you know, nowadays everybody's making music in their bedroom. Um, I certainly don't make music in my bedroom. I wish I could, but, um, you know, um, my records aren't done in bedrooms or in basements, you know. Um, but it amazes me what some of these younger folks are doing nowadays. You know, they you know kids you know um they're they're recording and producing and making all their own records and then they put them online and and it's pretty amazing how well that works for some folks um Hmm. but yeah but i mean for me it hasn't really uh it hasn't really worked out that way but that's all right um yeah i mean it's it's really challenging you know i i kind of um i enjoy that I kind of want to work and develop the uh, visual component of this, you know, uh, of uh, and, and 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 kind of build uh, not just the music, but more of like a a landscape of you know uh, what this of this of this Jay Hacha guy and 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 try to try to develop a yeah a, a visual component in the terms of you know, maybe videos or maybe even film shorts, you know, with the music accompanying it. Yeah, I mean, that would be fun and interesting, I hope. I, I actually recorded a kind of, uh, uh, you know, kind of really in DIY style, a uh, a mockumentary on myself, which is on uh, YouTube, and it's, it's, it's pretty silly. It's oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, you got to check it out. It's called Super Clean, uh, the Jayacha de Zola story uh it's it's pretty ridiculous um i made it with uh, a bunch of uh, fellow artists from my uh, local jersey city arts community and uh yeah you'll have to check it out it's pretty funny um but 
you know, it would kind of give you an idea of what I would like to do to further promote the music and stuff. But yeah, you know, that's, that's a tough question, man, you know, because it's hard to get anybody's attention longer than 30 seconds, you know? Everybody's always got a phone in their hands or there's always something vying for one's attention, you know, for your attention. So it, it's really challenging. And uh, right now I'm, I'm kind of, you know, a little bit, uh, a little aw- awestruck by the enormity of the challenge. You know, it's like I, I could keep cranking out records, you know, but it just sometimes feels like I'm just shouting in my own echo, echo chamber. But I mean, ultimately, I've been, I, you know, uh, I've been having fun with it. You know, it's uh, I've been meet, been able to meet a lot of great people and talk to a lot of great people, um, such as yourself, you know, that have reached out and, uh, you know, that tell me that they appreciate what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, sometimes sometimes I even like what I'm doing. So, you know, that that kind of keeps me going. Wasn't that great? Many thanks to Jay Hatcher de Zola for being my guest. 
do check out his music, including the new covers EP, which is called Unpopular. Also, he's got four albums, all of which are classics. While you're at it, check out my website, frankburton.co.uk. My new book is going to be out very, very soon. It's called Everything I Am, and I can't wait for you to read slash listen to it. Details on the way. I will see you very soon. Podcast is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or follow Britpod Scene on Twitter to find out more. <laughs>